0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Back Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 90 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier, and that song is from their 2009 album, "Everyone on Every Night. Make sure you check out Pacifier whenever you get a chance. They really are a great band. And the Rangers, of course, coming off of a tough 5-2 loss Friday night in Philadelphia against the Flyers. It was not the Rangers' best performance, obviously. I mean, I don't think anyone would argue that it was, But I'm not going to come on here and kill them today despite that just because you look at what this team has done recently, and they've played so well and they've won so often that it's easy to forget that they're not going to win every single game. They're not going to win every single time they step onto the ice. And this is just a case of, you know, a nice winning streak coming to an end. They had won five in a row before this. They had won nine out of ten before this. They've just been on an absolute rampage post-All-Star break. And again, they got beat. It does happen from time to time. The Flyers are a good team. The game was played in Philadelphia where the Flyers have been outstanding. The Flyers, I forget what the exact record is, but they have been outstanding at home this season, and the Rangers were playing on the second half of a back-to-back, so the Rangers had a lot of factors working against them in this one. This is always going to be a tough win. This was going to be a tough two points to pick up on the road here in Philadelphia, and like we said, you know, you can't win every single game. Now, the important thing here, though, is that the Rangers bounce back because they have a unique opportunity here. They're going to be back at home on Sunday afternoon, at noon, actually, against the Flyers, so a rematch with the Flyers right away, and that's the game where now the storyline becomes, how do you respond to this loss? Because, again, the Rangers did not have their A game in Philadelphia. It's somewhat understandable, but now they got to come back strong, and they got to play better on Sunday than they played here on Friday. And the interesting thing, too, is that this game on Friday was almost kind of the opposite of what we've been seeing out of the Rangers recently. I thought the Rangers had a fairly strong first period, and then it just kind of got away from them after that. And it's kind of been the opposite of that, at least in these last couple of wins where the Rangers have struggled a little bit in the first period and then found their game late and came up with some third period heroics to get the job done, or overtime heroics in the case of the Islander game. We're going to get into the game highlights in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to provide some updates on Igor Shosturkin and Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, Obviously, both those guys were injured in a car accident not too long ago, right before the trade deadline, in fact. And both of them kind of reached out to the Rangers using social media to do so. And I just wanted to go ahead and read the messages that each of these guys sent to the fans. And obviously, Pavel Buchnevich returned to the Ranger lineup. Friday night against the Flyers he missed two games by all accounts he avoided major injuries but obviously a little bit shaken up after the car accident and he did miss two games and so Buchnevich on social media said hi Rangers fans I just want to thank you for all the nice messages you sent for me and Chesty we love the support you've given us we are feeling better and we'll be back on the ice soon and then he added in a separate message one more thing use the seatbelt it really helps smiley face so, yeah, really cool for Bucinavich to, you know, reach out to the fans like that, thank them, and even send a good message there to everybody at the very end. And then here's what Igor Shosturkin had to say. Hi, Rangers fans. I want to say thank you for all the kind messages you sent me and Booch. We love the support you have given us. It helps a lot. We are feeling better, and we'll be back on the ice soon. So, good to hear. It sounds like both guys are in good spirits, and obviously, Pavel Buchnevich made his return to the Ranger lineup against the Flyers and actually collected an assist toward the end of the game. It was kind of garbage time, but, you know, I thought all four players—it was a 4-on-4 situation—I thought all four Rangers who are on the ice worked really hard there, even when basically all hope was lost and, uh, you know, really just kind of got one of those blue-collar goals late in the game, and Buchnevich collected the secondary assist on that play. And obviously, we've also got to talk about the injury to Chris Kreider. He, of course, was hurt, suffered a fractured foot while blocking a shot from Myers. Myers took a just a screaming slap shot from the blue line. Kreider stood right in his way. I mean, he knew what he was doing. He was willing to wear the puck here to prevent it from getting to the net. Unfortunately, catches him. It looked like right in the side of the foot. Kreider immediately goes down. He gets back up, hobbles to the bench, but he does not return after that. And no timetable has yet been established, but you hear fractured foot. I mean, you got to think in a best case scenario, an absolute best case scenario, two weeks. I mean, I'm no doctor over here, but I can't imagine you're going to, I mean, hockey players are tough, so maybe I shouldn't get too ahead of myself here, but you fracture your foot. I can't imagine you're going to be back out there the next game or even the game after that. I would imagine maybe, like I said, two weeks. The minimum? I mean, I don't don't know. And obviously, we'll keep an eye on that, and I'll keep you guys posted in in future episodes as we learn more about the injury. But yeah, that's really unfortunate, Kreider going down. And you just hope that, uh, you know, some kind of bad luck hasn't befelled Chris Kreider here because he signs a new contract. He immediately gets sick after that. Now, he did play through the illness, so so kudos to him for that again. But then he breaks his foot, you know, just a couple of games later. So, yeah, fingers crossed that, you know, Chris Kreider can can get well and get back into the lineup here. Rangers are going to need him down the stretch. He's one of their best players. There's really no two ways about it. And uh, fingers crossed that he can get back onto the ice sooner rather than later. Now, obviously, the injury also necessitates some kind of a move for the Rangers you could just plug Greg McKagan to the lineup. I know there's probably, uh, you know, moves that have a little bit more of an appeal than that to Ranger fans because, you know, Greg McKagan, it's not like he's played terrible hockey this season, but he's just he's just a limited player. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. He can only do so much. He's not really going to give you much of anything offensively. He's a fourth liner, and, you know, Greg McKagan... Cannot fill Chris Kreider's shoes. I mean, and I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, disgrace McKeg here, but facts are facts. Chris Kreider is just the far better all around player. Now, obviously, there's speculation on social media. Do the Rangers look to the AHL? Do they call somebody up, somebody with some scoring prowess who can replace Chris Kreider? And the first name that kind of pops into your head if you're a Ranger fan is Vitali Kravsov. And I think certainly a lot of Ranger fans know of Vitilak Kravtsov. They know he's a highly regarded prospect, but just in case anybody's unfamiliar with him or just needs a little bit of a refresher, Vitali Kravtsov is a 20-year-old right winger. He was the Rangers' first-round draft pick in 2018, going number nine overall, standing at six foot three, weighing in at 184 pounds. Certainly Kravtsov is an option for the Rangers, but then again, you look at what he's done with the Wolfpack this year, he has not exactly set the world on fire in 33 games with Hartford. He has scored just five goals and dished out just nine assists, so 14 points in 33 games doesn't exactly jump off the charts. He is just 14th overall for the Wolfpack in points. Now, a lot of guys ahead of him have played significantly more games than he has. But bottom line, Kraft's off not exactly having, you know, a stellar season with the Wolfpack, at least from a points perspective. And if you're the Rangers and you do call somebody up from Hartford, you're probably going to want somebody who has been producing some points, you know, some goals, some assists, because that's what Chris Kreider does. And you don't want to just bring up a guy you know, just to throw him out in the fourth line. I mean, you could do that. You know, maybe Tim Gettinger is an option. You, you call him back up and, you know, throw him out there on the fourth line. Maybe you go Greg McKeg on the fourth line, like we talked about earlier. But, you know, if I'm the Rainers and I think Kreider's going to be out for a decent amount of time, then I'm looking for somebody who can score, man. You know, I, I need some points to replace this. We're not in a situation here where we're looking to replace Brett Howden or Brennan Lemieux or Greg McKeg And it's nothing against any of those players, but those guys don't score very often. We're looking to replace one of our most dangerous scoring threats, a guy who has just been invaluable to this team, drives to the net, positions himself, gets all those deflection goals, gets the stuff in, rebound goals. We need somebody who can who can do some of that, who can score some points. And so obviously Kravtsov is an option despite not having overwhelming stats with the Wolfpack this season. But another guy I'm looking at here is Vinny Letteri because Letteri has basically just lit it up for the Wolfpack. He leads the team in just about everything. He has 25 goals that leads the team. He has 19 assists, so that's 44 points in 56 games. So just a little bit off the point-per-game uh, pace, but he leads the Wolfpack by quite a bit. In second place, as far as points goes, is Stephen Fogarty. He's played 49 games with the Wolfpack, 12 goals, 24 assists, so 36 points in 49 games there. So if you're looking for for scoring and production and points, maybe Vinny Letary is your guy. Laterry in total, has played 46 NHL games with the Rangers over the last two seasons. He has not appeared this year, but in the, the two previous seasons. 46 games for Lettery, two goals, six assists, and again, just tearing it up with the Wolfpack. He had an outstanding season with the Wolfpack last year as well. He had 48 points in 48 games. The only issue with bringing up Lettery to replace Kreider is Lettery is a center, so I don't know. Maybe there's a way you could put Lettery at center and then maybe move somebody like Philip Heal to the wing, although... Whenever the Rangers move Hedo to the wing, it's typically to the right wing. Chris Kreider's a left wing. So I don't know. You would have to get creative if you call Letary up, but there's probably a way to do it. Uh, maybe he's your guy in the long term. And again, you know, the Rangers might just go to McKeg in the short term, but I, I think if you're looking to replace the kind of production that Chris Kreider goes, you got to aim a little bit higher than, than Greg McKeg. and maybe Vinny Letary is your guy. We'll see how the Rangers opt to play it. Obviously, if they make a move before I'm finished recording this episode, I'll give you guys an update then. As for this game against the Flyers, it started well enough for the Rangers. You know, Foss gets an early opportunity, and he converts. He receives an outlet pass from Artemi Panarin. This is just a beautiful pass from Panarin. Panarin gets the puck in his own zone and basically just throws it at kind of like a 45-degree angle across the ice to the other side and Jesper Foss reaches out with his stick. Well, first of all, this pass was up off the ice and just out of reach of a flyer, so just a perfectly placed pass by Panarin, and then a great job by Foss as well. He extends his stick, knocks it down, and skates in, takes a shot, and Carter Hart makes the save initially, but... Foss follows up, goes to the net, and stuffs in the rebound, and just like that, the Rangers are up one to nothing. And the other crazy thing here that I gotta mention, and you know, I think a lot of us are aware of this. Obviously, we're aware of how great of a season that Artemi Panarin is having for this team, but right now he has a point in 12 straight games, and it's one of those things. I don't think any of us take it for granted because we watch him out there, and and if you're like me, you're just in awe of what this guy does, but. Yeah, he has a 12-game point streak going on right now, and you don't even really like notice it in a weird way because we've just come to expect it. You know, Oh, a Panarin has a 12-game point streak? Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, that's kind of the reaction. And again, it's not that any of us are taking it for granted. It's just we're coming to expect that, that elite MVP level of production from this guy. And, and again, what else can you say? He truly is an MVP candidate. If the Rangers make the playoffs, he's your MVP of this league. You can talk. Anybody can talk about Pasternak and McDavid and Drysdale and McKinnon all they want. Nobody has had as much of an impact on his team. Remember, it's not the mo- It's not the best player in the league. The MVP does not go to the best player. It is the most valuable player. Nobody's more valuable to their team than Artemi Panarin is to the Rangers. Hedl got an opportunity moving in fast, but Carter Hart makes the stop right there, and both teams getting a couple of opportunities early here in the first period. Again, you know, I thought this was probably the Rangers' best period of the night, but then the puck goes behind the net, and Brendan Smith's stick is back there. You know, he he had broken his stick, and it's still laying down there on the ice. The puck hits the stick and kind of slows down a little bit, and then Voracek goes behind the Ranger net, gets the puck, brings it in front, passes across the crease to Couturier. And Couturier scores from in deep, and I'm not sure if the broken stick really affected the play here. I mean, it did slow the puck down a little bit, but I think Voracek was going to get to it either way. There weren't really any Rangers back there to stop him. So yeah, the broken stick didn't help. It probably made things a little bit easier for Voracek to slow it down back there and then bring it in front. But yeah, this this might have been a goal either way. Either way, one-one late in the first period. There was a play early in the second period here. In fact, it was the first minute of the second period, and. The Flyers didn't score, but I thought this was kind of indicative of what was to come in this game because there's a play here. Ryan Lindgren has the puck along the boards in his own zone, not too far away from the blue line, and he clears the puck. He successfully gets the puck out of the Rangers zone. It goes into the neutral zone, but the Flyers just immediately come back in, and the Rangers were just kind of back on their heels a little bit here, and there's a a cross-ice pass, and Giroux takes a shot and just rings it off the post, so the Rangers... Get a little bit of a lucky break there that that puck didn't go in. And again, you know, the the Flyers just looked a a step faster than the Rangers did on this play. So again, it's not like this play doomed the Rangers and that they completely just had no chance after this. But again, I I just thought this was a play that kind of, in retrospect, kind of was indicative of how the rest of this game was going to go. And then Georgiev probably makes his best save of the night. Kevin Hayes, strong drive to the net. He's moving across the crease to his left. But Georgiev basically does just a full split, extends his right pad, keeps the puck out and the Rangers eventually get the puck out of harm's way. So Georgiev just absolutely robs Kevin Hayes there, keeps the game tied at one for the time being. And this is as good a time as any to talk about Georgiev in this game. I thought he did fine. You know, he gives up the five goals, and, you know, you look at that, and it's like, well, that couldn't have been a good game. And, no, I wouldn't call it a good game by Georgiev, but you look at the five goals that the Flyers scored, I wouldn't say any of them were soft. I mean, unless I, I missed something. Bottom line, it was really just one of those games where, Georgiev's performance was not nearly as subpar as his stat line would indicate. But another thing that I should also bring up here is this is another game where the Rangers gave up 40 shots on goal. It seems like recently, every single time the Rangers take the ice, they're giving up 40 plus shots. Now, they make up for it. They've made up for it, with just stellar goaltending play from Georgiev and Igor Shesterkin before him. These guys have kind of been picking up the Rangers when they've needed to be picked up. But this is something of a problem. You know, you can't give up 40, 42, 46, 48 shots every time you take the ice. You got to find a way to limit the amount of shots on net. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, and it's not like it's something where you can just snap your fingers and fix it, but the Rangers are going to have to find a way going forward to limit the amount of shots. They can't get outshot by, you know, 10, 13, 17, 20 shots every night and expect to always get two points. So that's something they're going to have to tighten up. This game, for example, the... Flyers outshoot the Rangers 40 to 28. And then, you know, you look at the final score, five to two, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the shot totals as well. So yeah, the Rangers gonna have to figure out a way to uh to just limit the opportunities going forward here. And again, I know that's easier said than done, but it's something that probably is gonna have to happen if the Rangers are gonna continue this march to the playoffs. And the other thing I wanted to talk about here was I was a little bit surprised that the Rangers didn't go to Lundquist in this game And listen, I know Georgiev has been fantastic his last two starts. I get that you want to ride the hot hand a little bit. But the door seemingly had opened for Lundqvist a little bit with the injury to Shesterkin. And again, you don't wish injury on anybody. But the injury to Shesterkin happens, and you look ahead at the schedule, and there are games on Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, and you just kind of figure that the time to get Lundqvist a start would have been either on Thursday or Friday, probably Friday, in Philadelphia here, because the Rangers were playing back-to-back And you figure each goalie would get one of those games. And that's not to say that, you know, goalies are incapable of playing both games of a back-to-back. They're not. We saw Shosturkin do it not too long ago, and he was excellent. But the weird thing now is, okay, you lose this game 5-2, to the winning streak is over— are you just going to go back to Georgiev again on Sunday, or is Lunquist finally going to get a start? And if you are going to go back to Lunquist on Sunday, then why wouldn't you just play him on Friday here instead? Wouldn't that have made more sense to give Georgiev a breather after playing the night before, and then you could go back to Georgiev on Sunday? You know, you go Georgiev Tuesday, Georgiev Thursday, Lunquist Friday, Georgiev Sunday instead, it looks like they're going to go Georgiev, Georgiev, Georgiev Lundqvist, which is just kind of a weird way to do it, especially with the back-to-back there. But we'll see. I mean, they have not announced a starting goalie yet. I just thought that it was a little bit odd that if you're going to get Lundqvist a game, that this wouldn't be the game to throw him out there. Back to the action here. Still tied at one. The Rangers do start to get some scoring chances. There was a great play by Ryan Strom here. He wins the battle for the puck behind the goal line. He gets control in the corner, and he passes to Panarin in the slot. Panarin, Let's it fly, but Carter Hart makes the save, and Hart didn't seem to know where the puck was. He kind of just, like, fell backward, I I guess maybe trying to fall on top of the puck, but uh, either way, he keeps it out. The game's still tied at one, approaching the midway point in the second period, and Carter Hart, you know, he was very good in this game as well, and having a great season for the Flyers, and it's funny because, you know, I... If you remember, I had my friend Bobby Sampson on here a bunch of episodes ago, and we were talking about the Flyers and the Rangers and everything. He's a big Flyers fan. And since I've known him and even since long before that, and we've known each other for 15 years, but the Flyers in that time and, again, well before that, have been looking for a franchise goalie. And it seems like this search has just been going on and on and on and on. I would love to see a list of every Philadelphia Flyer goalie who has you know, started a game for the Flyers in the last 15 years, because a lot of guys have come and gone, and they just can't find that one guy that they want to go with as their franchise goalie, but Carter Hart, I guess, it looks like he has as good a chance of anybody as being that guy. I've been more impressed by Carter Hart than any Flyer goalie that I can ever remember, so maybe he's the guy going forward. I mean, I guess if you're a Ranger fan, you got to be crossing your fingers that he's not, but yeah, you got to be honest here. It looks like Carter Hart could be the guy going forward for Philadelphia, and he was obviously tough on the Rangers on this night. He came up big for the Flyers just a little bit after this, as well as a Abanajad and Panarin. Back-to-back opportunities on the power play, and Hart denies them both. And then the Flyers take a game-long lead here. There's a pad save by Georgiev, but there's a big rebound. Van Riemsdijk gets to the rebound, hammers it home. 2-1 Flyers at that point. A little bit later in the second period, the Flyers make the score. 3-1, Couturier passes from behind the goal line, out in front to Giroux, and Giroux scores. And watching this live, I thought maybe this was a preventable goal by Georgiev, but... You look at the replay, it wasn't. This was a perfectly placed shot. It basically, it caught some iron, and it basically hit right where the crossbar meets the post, and just right in the top corner there, bounces off the iron, goes into the net. Just a perfectly placed shot by Giroux. Listen, sometimes all you can do is t- tip your cap a little bit, and that's the case here. And just like that, it's 3-1, and it is indeed 3-1 to one going into the second intermission. Third period starts. The Flyers get a power play and just a little bit of a tic-tac-toe goal here, and Giroux is positioned right at the side of the net and he deflects the puck home with his skate and that makes it 4-1. to one. They make it 5-1. to one. They score on a rush. They get stood up momentarily. So D'Angelo uh, meets Lawton and he basically just lays out, dives head first to try to knock the puck away from Lawton, which he does, but unfortunately Voracek is trailing the play. He picks up the puck right at the top of the left face-off circle and immediately dishes to his right to Kevin Hayes. Hayes one times at home and obviously the Rangers getting victimized by their former player there and I think Hayes Hayes scored a couple of times against them earlier this season as well. So let's just hope that Kevin Hayes doesn't become a Ranger killer over the years here going forward. Now, obviously, this one's not you know a backbreaking, terrible goal that, that's going to ruin the Ranger season. It was already four to one when he scored this goal here, but this is just kind of the dagger. Made it five to one in the third period. And this one pretty much sealed the game. I mean, you never give up, but there's seven minutes left. You're down by four goals. I mean, it's a long shot to say the very least. I did like, however, uh, the way this game ended. I talked about this a little bit in the intro, but the uh, Rangers were skating four aside with the Flyers here. This was after Lindgren and Lawton took matching minors for roughing. They got into it behind the Ranger net. They were pushing and shoving each other. It looked like Lindgren wanted to fight, and uh, Lawton just wasn't feeling it. I mean, I, I suppose I understand if you're Lawton, there's nothing really to uh, to gain at that point because obviously it's late in the game, and there's really you know no purpose to drop the gloves by then. But either way, they got matching minors. The teams are skating four aside here in the waning seconds. And again, give the Rangers credit for not quitting here. There's less than a minute left. You're down by four goals. It would have been pretty easy to just kind of sleepwalk through your last shift of the game here and just make sure you get out healthy and all that. But the Rangers, they they worked hard for this goal here. Uh, Truba had a scoring chance, and Carter Hart makes a great save against him. Brett Howden forces a turnover kind of along the boards. He passes it to Truba. Uh, Truba looks to shoot again. It gets blocked. Buchnevich finds the loose puck. He passes back to Fox. Fox throws it in front. Howden cleans up the rebound with a backhand, stuffs it home, makes it 5 to 2. Again, only about 30 seconds to go at this point, but nice to see the Rangers. And credit to all four of these guys because all four guys were working hard during this shift and they all made this goal happen and none of them gave up. So that's always nice to see. And of course, the Rangers are going to play the Flyers just two days after this. So it's probably even more important than usual to score this this late goal here. Just kind of send them a message. Hey, you know, be ready for round two. Be ready for another fight when we take the ice in the garden. So we'll have that to look forward to. Um, It is unfortunate, obviously, what happened to Chris Kreider. I mean, that's kind of the big news coming out of this. He's going to be a tough guy to replace. There's not really anybody in the Rangers who does all the things that Chris Kreider does. And we really don't want the injury bug to start biting now because they've mostly stayed healthy recently. And, It's getting toward the end of the season. The Rangers have been playing some great hockey. There's a playoff berth within reach. This team is playing better hockey than we've seen them play in any of the last three seasons. I don't think that's even up for debate, and we don't need guys getting hurt. Now, obviously, the car accident was Shesterkin and Buchnevich. That's out of anybody's control. By all accounts, it was not their fault. But it's just unfortunate that, you know, Shusterkin's looking like he's about to become a superstar as a rookie in this league, and then he gets taken out because of a car accident. So, yeah, just unfortunate there, and unfortunate that the Rangers seemingly are going to be without Chris Kreider at least for a few games in a best case scenario, and just fingers crossed that everybody else can stay healthy moving forward. And that's going to be tested. It should be another uh, emotional, physical game against the Flyers on Sunday at noon. Just wanted to also let you guys know that I am going to be on vacation from, let's see here, uh, Tuesday, March 10th through Friday, March 13th. And so there's not going to be five episodes of Locked On Rangers that week. I will do my best to get you guys as many as I can. There will absolutely be an episode on Monday, March 9th. And then I'm thinking maybe three episodes for that week. So maybe we'll do like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of a schedule. I believe I mentioned that in a previous episode, but it was kind of a long time ago. And I don't know if everybody listens to every episode. So anybody who's been following along, yeah, I think for the week of March 9th through March 13th, we're probably going to do a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday type of a schedule there. So just want to give you guys a heads up on that. And I just want to thank you guys again because, you know, We've done 90 episodes of this show now. I don't know what happened. I blinked and the season is almost over and there's been 90 episodes of this. And, you know, some of the more recent episodes have been some of the more downloaded that we've had, you know, since starting this show. So, again, I just really want to thank you guys. You know, tell family members, tell a friend if you get the chance. If you get, if you know people who are Ranger fans in addition to you, let them know about the show for sure. And a lot of you guys have started to reach out to me a little bit more on social media through, you know, DMs and all that good stuff. And big shout out to Dan from Connecticut. Uh, he lives in Florida, now, but he says he's been a Ranger fan since 1968. So obviously, you know, he's seen a lot of players come and go over the years and he's really into this team. I think a lot of us are really into this team. It's just cool to see such a young team out there on the ice and just watching these guys get better and better before our very eyes. I know they had a tough game against the Flyers, but we all know how well they've been playing recently. So yeah, once again, thanks so much, guys. It really does mean a lot. Definitely feel free to reach out, you know, with an email, with a tweet, whatever it might be. I love talking to you guys. Love interacting with Rangers fans on social media or through email. Whatever works best for you, it works for me. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to uh, continuing to talk to you guys and continuing to watch these Rangers as they chase toward the playoffs. It really might come down to a photo finish this season. And fingers crossed, you know, the guy come back out strong on Sunday with a better performance against the Flyers. I think they will. I think the Rangers pick up a win against the Flyers in this one. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be another division battle. I'm sure it'll be physical, but I think the Rangers find a way to get it done on Sunday afternoon against the Flyers. So if you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. So thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.